ended up pregnant at 21 years old. Um, my daughter's father is a fentanyl dealer now. Um, he wasn't then. He was just a small-time weed dealer. Now he deals fentanyl. Um, so it's like I definitely was at the lowest of the low, and I have done things that I'm not proud of. Hi, this is Megan from Girls Gone Right. And this is Peyton, and we have a guest with us here today. How are you doing, Chance? I'm doing so good. I'm super excited to be here. I am so excited. Yes. So Chance sent us a message on Instagram the other week, and it just absolutely moved Florida. me. Floored. Yeah. Floored. And it was such a, an overview of your story and especially because we just did an overview of the blind and some conversations mm -hmm. that we've been having your life story really spoke to us and yeah. after we read that we were like we gotta have her on yeah. and let's make it happen and I'm so thankful that you're coming on because you are getting married this Saturday yeah. so this is a busy week for you and yeah it's so you you fit us in your schedule so I'm really excited I feel like it's such a blessing to be able to like have you on the week of your wedding to kind of just share this and then start your new chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's like a very coincidental that I'm getting married on Saturday. Cause I definitely feel like my fiance Cole, um, he's just kind of like the final piece, like this getting married and stuff is Aww. just like kind of, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like what God had planned for me. And so it's really exciting to be like, doing this and like to have him like even just be with me today and so like we weren't planning to be together on the day that I did this and so he's been with me and he's like hyping me up the whole time about mm. it so it's just been really awesome the timing works out really well that's amazing I'm so glad like like you said yeah. it's a divine appointment it just happened to be yep. the right time so how did you meet your husband your fiance <laughs> um, you know, I literally, I was up, so I'm a photographer and so I was traveling and I was up, um, eating dinner and I was sitting like up at the bar cause I was by myself and I looked down the bar, this guy just like came in and sat down and I was like, I need to know him. Like I, oh. I literally just looked at him and I was like, and I could like hear the way he was talking to the bartender. And I was like, I, I just need to know this man. Um, oh. and from that day, like we both just We've just loved each other from that day, honestly. Like, and mm. it's been a couple of years, and we actually did. Um, and it's kind of going to be part of my story, but we did like a nine-month hiatus from our relationship, and mm -hmm. it was just like even more instilling that like we were what we are the two people that God made for each other. Like, we were meant to be together. Um, and I just, yeah, he's he's pretty pretty peachy. I love him. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. But, That's so sweet. So tell us from the beginning, a little bit about your story and whatever you're willing to share. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess from the beginning, yeah. So I was born in Flint, Michigan. Um, I am the daughter of two non-believer parents. My mom is not like an atheist, but she's like a, um, you know, like maybe there's a higher power out there. I don't know. My dad is like hardcore atheist. Um, and my dad is a pretty bad alcoholic. I don't think he'll ever see this. So like he is an alcoholic, um, and a pretty, like a pretty violent guy. Like he's not as much in his older age, but like when I was young and stuff, you know, not a nice guy. And my mom, you know, just, I didn't have a close relationship with either of them. Neither of them are really like people that I felt I could go to or like particularly look up to for like a higher moral standing. And so like 
going about life. Like my mom was a single mom. She moved us out to Idaho when I was really young. I think I was like six and she was a bartender. And I remember like her always saying like in this, this has a point like later on, but I remember her always saying like me working in a bar doesn't matter because I don't drink. And like always saying like, because she didn't drink, it was okay that she worked there. And it's led to a lot of nights of me being home alone. And I mean like five, six nights a week of me being alone by myself, you know, I'd get off the school bus. She'd be there for like 45 minutes and then she'd leave and go to work, which she always was like, Oh, you were such a good kid. I never needed to worry about you. And I'm like, I had a license. I was 16. Like I was not doing good things. You know, I was lonely, like really lonely. I didn't yeah. have any neighbors, any family. Um, cause my mom, she moved us from Michigan. And so we didn't have family close by. Like, um, my grandma passed when I was pretty young. So she did live down the road for a while, but like, you know, I was alone. And so I was doing what alone, lonely girls do mm-hmm. looking for somebody to make me feel less lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, led to a path of promiscuity that I'm really not proud of. But like, you know, my fiance knows he's not like, I don't feel like he's going to watch this and judge me. He knows. Um, and most of the people in my life, you like, you know, you like to think, Oh, well, people don't know. Like I live in a town of 300 people. They know. Um, (laughs) and like, you know, you can't hide that for, you know, for very long. It's Idaho. It's a small state. So I just, I feel like I spent a lot of time, like I ended up pregnant at 21 years old. Um, my daughter's father is a fentanyl dealer now. Um, he wasn't then he was just a small time weed dealer. Now he deals fentanyl. Um, so it's like, I definitely was at the lowest of the low and I have done things that I'm not proud of. And throughout the whole process, I'd be like, I don't understand. I'm a good person. Like, why do these horrible things keep happening to me? Why is, why am I involved in relationships with domestic abuse? Why do I keep ending up in the wrong place at the wrong time? And I had this lady that I play hockey with. Her name is Kathy. Um, and she is the most wonderful human, but I remember the first time she ever asked me to go to church with her and she was like, just come like, it's a great place. You know, you're super welcome. And I remember just being like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm not, I don't belong in a church. Like I'll, I'll be set on fire if I go there. And she just kept like every week, she'd be like, chance, how are you? Like, how are you? How are you doing? How's your daughter come to church, come to church, like come to this event we're having, come to this barbecue. And I'd always just be like, I really want to go, but I'm not allowed there. Like I'm not worthy of being there. Mm. And it wasn't until, um, until actually I met Cole, really. I know I had sort of started developing a relationship with God on my own and being like, maybe this really is. And I think like in my heart, I always knew like God was talking to me. He was like, no, like come to me, come to me, come to me. And I kept being like, but I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Like I'm not any of those things that Christian girls are. And I eventually, you know, started going to church and I found just a few people like the lady um, from hockey practice. And there were just a few people that kept like, kind of picking away at me little by little, like they just didn't give up on me. Um, and I'll never forget like the first time I was in church and like fully listening. And I just started bawling in the pew, just like full on sobbing. I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, it will be okay. And it's so crazy to me because I think of like all of the times when I had no money and I, you know, I going back a little bit when my daughter was six months old, her dad tried to kill me. And like, when I say tried to kill me, like beat me for 45 minutes, drug me out to the driveway naked and was trying to choke me out. And the neighbors turned on their lights and called the police and saved my life. Um, and 
I was homeless with a six month old baby. And I just kept being like, I'm a hard worker. Why am I not getting ahead? Why am I not? Why can I never make ends meet? And I truly believe like now that it was because I was continuously sinning. And like, I would be take part in like, you know, try to get food stamps, try to get daycare assistance. And all of those things that are supposed to help you are just making you rely on like a false idol. Like the way that I look at it is like, rely on the government, rely on us as your God, instead of relying on God. And as soon as I was just like, I'm going to get off this, like, I'm not going to do food stamps. I'm not going to do any sort of welfare. Like I'm going to work. I'm going to work as hard as I can and just ask for help when I need it from people that I know are good people. And everything changed. Like literally God will provide. And that is like the number one thing I always tell my fiance when we're like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make that work? I'm like, God will provide for us. Like we will pray on it and we will work hard and it will work out no matter what. And he truly believes that now. He's like, I thought you were crazy at first, but like, yeah, no. And then you're right. Like, you know, cause he's a man and he just wants to provide. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like God is the man. Like he will provide for us as long as we're doing the right things, always making the right decisions. Always. It's so, so funny. Cause we were on the way here and there were two hay trucks in front of us and they couldn't make it out on the highway. And I was like, honey, we're going to be late. And he's like, I know. I know, but we just need to be patient. I'm like, okay, okay, well, we'll just be patient. And we made it here, like, right in the nick of time. But he was like, see, if you just do the right thing, like, you'll get there. Oh. And, you know, we don't we don't honk at people. We just do the right thing and just wait. Yeah. And it's, like, it's funny how we've kind of went down to, like, the very, like, small things, like, this what we call small potato things, um, Idaho term, I guess. But, like, yeah, it's totally, like, I've, we always talk about, like, if, Nobody in your life is dying, like actively dying, and your life is not an immediate threat. Everything else is small potatoes. Yeah. Um, and so we've like really started to think about that all the time. And um, in the last two years, like things have crazy turned around. Like, so for example, since I started making like a really conscious effort to not rely on the government, to not rely on and also not expose myself to sinful activities. So for example, like my mom working at the bar, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the reason that she still has negative things in her life is because of the sinful aspect of her life where she is exposing herself to all of the sin Mm -hmm. in that bar. Um, and it's not that she's necessarily sitting within the bar, but like she still is in this culture of sin. And so in the last couple of years, like my fiance and I have really looked at like the music we listen to, the TV shows we're watching, um, the books we're reading, like the people we're hanging out with, you know, and being like, oh, like we love this person, but like what they're doing with their life right now is not for me. And like, we have distanced ourselves from that. Like we, you know, we found like, he likes hip hop music. And so we found like a bunch of Christian rappers and stuff that we really like. So we can listen to music like that. That's upbeat and has that rhythm but isn't, you know, about sex culture and about hooking up and about doing drugs and making, making money and hustling, like, Mm -hmm. um, in negative ways, you know, it's good to make money, but like, it's not good to sell drugs. So, (laughs) um, but well, you know, you just like hear about a lot of that in culture. And, you know, it's a lot of the things that we talk about is like, what are we going to expose ourselves to? And it's only things that basically are bettering our lives through God, because it's not like we just do things one of the things that like we've realized is that if God isn't the center of every single thing that you're doing, you're doing it for yourself. And that's the wrong reason. Like, mm-hmm. even when you're doing it, like for your family, it's really for you. Like, cause it's for that feeling that you get, but like mm-hmm. we 
realize that we want to provide a good life for our daughter for God, because that's what God told us to do. Like, um, but I just, I guess like my message that I really want to tell girls is that the number one way to feel the most loved that you will ever feel is to be a woman worth loving. Um, and not that everybody's not worth love, but you know, you look at like biblical women or you look at like, um, high value women or, um, like there's different, you know, terms people use for it, whatever you want to use, like, um, a modest woman, whatever is to realize that like, you truly are a gift. But like you said, with the sticky note, like if you keep giving your gift to everyone, like your gift means less, you know, if you give, do a giveaway and everybody wins the giveaway, like, is anybody Mm -hmm. really special? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really lucky that like, Cole was able to overlook my transgressions and he has his own transgressions. So it's not, you know, nobody's perfect, but women, especially women like me who grew up lonely, who have been abused, who have really, really felt, I mean, like I, there were times where I literally was like, I want to die. Like I want to commit suicide because my life is not worth living. I'm just a piece of garbage. No one's ever going to love me. And I've never felt more loved ever than when I simply turned to God, when I simply went to church every Sunday, made the commitment to get up in the morning and go to church and go be with God. Um, and no strange man, no one night stand is ever going to lead you to that, but like bettering yourself over time, being reliant on yourself, being reliant on God, like that attracts the right man. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, you can't, um, you can't just keep like throwing darts at a wall and hope one will stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a lot of like what women who are lonely do. That's what I was doing. I was like, well, maybe that guy will work. Maybe this guy will work. Like, and that's just now how it works. Um, and it's a really kind of hard thing to get a grasp on, especially when you're financially desperate, emotionally desperate, all of those things. But I just feel like if women weren't so exposed to this culture of like, just hook up, just fix your face, just get plastic surgery, just do all these things. And then a man will love you and could be more exposed to like, just love Jesus. And he will send you the man he made for you. Like, then they would be so much happier. And I wish like I had known that when I was 19 instead of 29, like I'll be 30 in March. And I'm like, man, it took me a long time to figure this out. But like at the same time, at least I did, you know, at least I figured it out eventually. Um, and I definitely think like there was a lot of anger in my heart, you know, when you, when you go through abuse and you have, um, you have men do horrible things to you, you walk around angry, you know, and I think everybody has met that angry girl or that angry guy who's just mad at the world. And at a certain point you think like, if I just had the house, if I just had the boyfriend, if I just had the whatever, the money, or all my problems were solved, I'd be happier. But I can sit here and say like, we still have money problems. We still have family problems. We still have life problems, but we're really happy because we've given it all to God. We're like, whatever he has, there's, I can't remember the quote, especially because there's, you know, pressure on me right now, but it's basically like, do all things that, um, that God put forth for you. Cause this is your path. It's like, this is your will. This is the will for you in Christ Jesus or something like that. Basically like, this is what God intended for you. And there's a reason for it. And I think that like the reason that I was put through abuse, um, going all the way back to when I was two years old to, you know, just a few years ago is because I 
I'm pretty sure that God was like, hey, you're supposed to use this to help people. And then I didn't. And he's like, okay, well, you're not listening. You're still not using your (laughs) gift. Like, all right, we're going to teach you again. Like, okay, you're still not listening. Um, And God gives everybody a different life experience for a reason. So when people are like, especially me, like all these bad things have happened to me. So God must hate me. Like, no, all these bad things happened to me. So I could use the gifts that God gave me to help others. Yeah. Um, wow. That's that's an which, amazing testimony. It's a way to, and, it's a way to turn it around. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so your name is Chance and this is like your yep. your birth name, right? Yep, yep it is. That is so meant to be. That is yeah. like fate that you have this name Chance and it's like cuz you got a second chance. Yeah, you got a second chance like there were yeah. two lives that could have been lived here mm-hmm. and instead of continuing down the path of living in your comfort and living in your habits and living with what you know and kind of repeating maybe like what your parents have set for you and you could have just done that. Yeah. Like you didn't have to say yes and go to church. And you didn't have to say yes and open that door to Christianity and exploring faith and what that looked like, but you took a chance. Yeah. (laughs) And it changed your whole life, which is honestly so amazing. That's so cool. And what a cool thing is like, that's literally in your name. I know. And it defines your story. It's a beautiful story. And honestly, I can relate to it because I have somebody very, very close to me that kind of did, had that same experience that you did. And then I also, I lost my older brother when I was 19 and I went down a very dark path. Um, and I was very angry and bitter at God. And it wasn't until probably two years ago that I started to communicate with him again. So I understand what it's like to feel, you know, not worthy of his love and, and to feel like I've done so many bad things. Who's going to want me? He's not going to love me. No one's going to love me. If no one can love me, then how's God going to love me? Because I did all these terrible things. And if no one's going to love me anyway, then why bother trying? You know, that's always like, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think it's pertinent to mention. So, um, people in high school would call me risk, right? Synonym for chance. They'd call me risk. And I hated it. I was always like, that's such a gross nickname. Like, I don't like that. And so I think it's fun to be like, you get a second chance and like that, to have that twist, to have that secondary, like not nickname, but like the secondary connotation put on my name. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also wanted to say like, I don't know, um, if you guys ever listened to Candace Owens, but Mm -hmm. she does, she did an episode that really resonated with me where she was like, she took the most liberal path to conservatism. And I think about that all the time. Like, I feel like I'm strong in my conservative values because I took such a liberal path because I know what the other side really looks like. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in the church. There's no tempting for me to go to the other side. I know what that side looks like and it's not (laughs) good. Um, but she also talks about how, and there's been a couple of other, like, you know, books and such that I've looked at where you have people in your life, like as you're changing that are like, Whoa, 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 change back. Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. you. You can't be that person. Um, and that is like been really hard. You know, my mom, when I started going to church was like, you're going where to do what? Yeah. Um, they don't support it because they don't, they don't know it. And it's like, they don't feel like they can give you advice on that. And it's like, they see you changing and it's like when you change the people around you change. Right. Yeah. So and they get scared of the change too. Yeah, it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. But I completely relate to that. I was 
a liberal in my past life. Um, so I know that all too well, like full on feminist, um, believed in sexual yep. liberation, all of the lies that they want to sell you is to yep. keep you from being achieving like what you're supposed to in life, achieving your purpose. Because if you've achieved your purpose, what do we need government for? What do we need anything else for? What do we need this instant validation and gratification? None of that means anything if you are fulfilled in your purpose. And that is exactly what they don't want. So they yeah. feed you these lies to tear you down. And well, the government's always looking, the people that rely on the government are always looking for a handout. And the people that look for God we're always looking for blessings. That is very, and it's like, I think it's almost like past just the government too. Like if, you know, I'm super fulfilled in my relationship with my fiance. So for example, today before the wedding, we went to go to Sephora. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to get some new makeup. Cause I don't wear makeup. I'm like I'm going to yeah. go get some makeup for the wedding. And he's like, I put some on and he's like, you look exactly the same. Beautiful as always. Aww. So if my fiance loves me exactly how I am, I don't need the makeup. I don't need mm -hmm. plastic surgery. I don't need, you know, whoever on the TV telling me I'm not cute enough, telling me I need this or that. Like, I have somebody who loves me just how I am. And so I don't need all the things they're selling me. Like, yeah. and I think that the whole, the whole industry of the world right now, like the government, the beauty industry, um, the medical industry, everything relies on you not feeling comfortable with who God made you. You know, like yeah. your, your nose isn't perfect. God didn't give you the perfect nose. Come get a nose job. I can fix that. You got some love handles. Take this pill. Like, you know, um, and I just feel like so much of all of the industries is focused on you're not perfect how God made you. And if you truly like love Jesus, you know, you walk into a church for the most time, you don't see a lot of women caked up with makeup and have plastic surgery and all that because they know that God made them how they're supposed to be. Yeah. And so there's nothing to sell them. Yeah. Um, which I just think is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Like the more comfortable you are in your home and with your husband and your children and with God, like the less you need from the outside world, but the government needs you to need them. Um, yes. yeah. So what there's a Bible you know, quote and it's like, if it's of this world, um, I forgot. I, I don't remember the exact. No, I know what you're talking yeah, but about. But something like but if it's like, of this world, leave it in this world. Like what you should mm -hmm. be doing is for God and you should not be desiring anything of this world. Um, yeah. And that's like, you know, if if people love themselves, markets and industries would be dead. Like there's right, right. nothing people would be seeking. Like you're saying, like they wouldn't feel the need to change themselves. They wouldn't feel the need to have all these nice luxury items, but people seek that because they're missing something. And you see yeah. a lot of people are like shopaholics and a lot of people have like a sh online shopping problem and like they add to cart, like, like they're Amazon crazy and yeah. they obsessive shop because they're seeking something. And a lot of the people, same thing with like other things too. Like a lot of people are a part of hookup culture because they are missing something or mm -hmm. they do yeah. drugs and they're, they have, they struggle with addiction because they're missing something in their life and they can't find it. But what they can find is a dopamine hit somewhere yeah. else in their yeah. life. You know, I actually, Steven Crowder was talking about this today on his live stream, this exact thing talking about how women today are constantly craving, uh, to, to stay in a relationship or be in a relationship, but they really, their actions are not that of what should be in a relationship. They want to go party with their friends on the weekend. They want to go out and flirt with guys, but then they want to be able to come back to that boyfriend or that partner and everything be normal. And you can't do that. And I think it's because 
social media really has ruined society where people have unsolicited it's like a vending machine of constant affirmation they mm-hmm. crave more and more attention because some rando gave you a like some rando gave you a comment some rando mm-hmm. hearted this so these women are constantly craving the next person that's going to give them attention whether it's means anything in here in your, in your heart or anything they just want attention and that's not the attention that we should be getting. Yeah. We should be giving our attention to God. We, I will yeah. I will defend social media here because this is how I met you, Chance. Yes. And this is how <laughs> we run our whole business is yeah. on social media. I will say, with or without social media, when you are missing something in your life, you crave, you seek attention elsewhere yes. or you seek validation yes. elsewhere. Yeah. So, so social media is just the drug of choice. Yeah. But I do think on the flip side, social media has changed my it life could, in the best it ways. Can be we utilized. Yeah, media. it can be utilized yeah. in such positive ways, but the the way that people but are using if it. If you are not purpose filled and yeah. you are not seeing it through okay. the eyes of God of like, how can I make this a good thing? And how can I connect? How can I share my, like you, like how can I share my story to have reach and to impact people and to use this for good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a good way to look at social media. And something that I like looked at was like, someone was posting, like saying, who do you follow? Like, are you following people that uh, look unrealistic? Are you following models? Are you following famous? Why do you follow famous people? You don't know them. Mm -hmm. And I went through my following list and like unfollowed all of these celebrities. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know these people. I don't know why I'm following them unless they're bringing light to my life and they're inspiring me. I don't, I don't want something. What are you gaining? I don't want something surface level. Like if I have, if I follow a Christian influencer and she's posting like motivational things that are changing me in a good way, I will keep following that person. If it's someone that's just posting her going on rich vacations all the time, unfollow. What are you gaining out of looking at that? Yeah. There's there's a good uh, and bad jealousy. For a few years, so I'm a professional photographer, like that's my job. So my Instagram is obviously pretty important to me. Um, But there was a while where I was like into Western influencing, like I did shoots for Wrangler um, and like I got to model for lots of different brands. And so my social media like followers and following would be like just girls just posting pictures. You need this sweater. You need this dress, you know, and not like those. They're good people. But like. I don't need any of that. And so like a couple of years ago and then this this last year in particular, I'm like, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Like y'all might be nice people, but all you ever post is that I need to buy this latest thing from you. Mm -hmm. And I don't need that. And I remember my fiance actually said to me, he was like, honey, you don't even like those clothes. Like <laughs> they send you the clothes, you take the one picture and I never see you wear them. And then you go buy your own clothes because you're very picky. And I'm like, stop knowing me so well, sir. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're calling me out. Um, but I actually like, I went through my, I'm sorry, we're parked at a ranch and there's all these flies. Um, but I actually went through my closet and literally went through like the things I actually wear. I threw out, well, I donated seven trash bags worth of clothes that I just don't wear. Like they're not my stuff. And I didn't, it's not that I paid for them, but I was like to posting to other girls, like, look at this cute outfit that I'm never going to wear again. Cause mm-hmm. I actually don't think it's cute, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you get the guys that are commenting on it. Um, and I don't even want those guys to comment on it. Like, I don't even, 
But, you know, but you still, you get that little dopamine hit because some 50-year-old man is commenting that you're beautiful. And, like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, like, always, like, I click on the profiles and I'm, like, this is strange. Why is this man following me? You know? Um, And some of them, like, do follow me for good reasons because I'm spreading good good information sometimes. Um, But, you know, I look at, like, you were talking about, like, how girls want to be in the relationship, but then they want to go out to the bars and they want to do these things that are not becoming of a woman who wants to be a wife. And I actually have um, one girl in my life who I was really good friends with. And I had to be like, we can't be friends anymore because I can't like, I can't condone you having a boyfriend and posting pictures of yourself in your bra and underwear on your Instagram story. Like I just can't get on board with this, you know? And like, you know, it took me a while to like finally come to that realization that like I actually needed to end that friendship. And she did not understand. And I hope she will someday. Um, but I just was like, these are not like, these are not the vibes I'm looking for. This is not (laughs) like, you know, and I just, I actually, I went off Instagram for four months. Um, when we got engaged, I posted that we got engaged and then something in me just clicked. I was like, I had this profile online where I have over 5,000 people, most of whom I don't know that just look at pictures of me. Mm-hmm. Like what a weird thing. Like what a weird concept yeah. to just have all these photos of just me just out in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm an engaged woman. Like nobody needs to be looking at pictures of me except my family and my fiance. And so I got off Instagram and then um, I actually caught back on to find an old reel I had made and send it to a friend because we were happened to be talking about a movie. And then it wouldn't let me deactivate for seven days. And so I'm like, you know, I can use this for good. Like I really can. And so I ended up posting about like why I left social media and like just how I didn't want to be the girl that other men are gawking at. Like I want my fiance to love me. I want him to think I'm sexy and beautiful, all those things. But I only want to be on social media if it's going to be for doing God's bidding. Like I only want to be on social media if it's going to be because I'm spreading either the good news or, I mean, I like to call it just spreading the truth when it comes to conservatism and like some of the lies that are out there today. You know, I like, I'm, I'm a very politically minded person. So I like to talk about politics and I'm like, okay, well, if you're using politics to spread the message of God, it's okay. You know? And so my fiance and I like had a conversation about like the content I would post going forward and that kind of thing. And so I posted about it, right? I lost 40 followers in a day. For like, posting <laughs> about Bye. that. Yeah. And I was basically like, all right, bye guys. Like yeah, if that's yeah. how you feel, like see you later. But you know what? Um, I bet you 40 other people will come and find you. And and, and they, yeah, I was like, yeah. I have gotten new followers since then. And it's not like, I don't care what the number looks like. Like the number to me is like, God gave me all those followers and God will take them away if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Whoever is supposed to be there will be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm not worried like, about that number. I'm more worried about like, and what I is what I'm posting glorifying God. Cause I know how to get followers. I have a, butt. I could post it online and mm-hmm. I would have hundreds of thousands of followers, but like, that's not what I'm after. Um, and, like, I know that that sounds silly, but like, we know it's true. Like it post is a picture true. About online, you'll get all the followers right yep. away. Um, but that's just like, not what I'm after. And you, I mean, I never was posting pictures like that. But, like, <laughs> I'm just not after the number. That's not what yeah. worries me. I just want to make sure that what I'm doing is glorifying God because I know in my life that if I'm making choices that don't glorify God, 
my whole life is going to go back downhill. Like well, I'm going to go back into a example. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're and like, I don't an want to say, say to girls, Oh, don't do this. Don't do this, but I'm going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. And I can look at my life and see like, you know, my photography business, for example, I can see where I was two years ago and where I am now. And I can be like, Oh yeah. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Like the apples are on the tree. God provided when I was started behaving, like, when I gave mm-hmm. all of my glory and all my faith to God, he provided because I was worthy. He's not going to provide for somebody who's not worthy. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of how it works, I guess. Like, you know, and I think that it's it's funny how people sometimes won't believe in that, but they'll believe that if they work harder at work, their boss will give them a raise. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you just work harder at life, then God will give you a raise. God will, you know, he will lift you up. He will do those things for you. Um, it's, and it's really, truly is that easy. Um, and I think it's also funny cause we were talking, um, and she mentioned the sexual freedom and like, I've never felt as free as I do in a committed relationship. Um, and I think that it's very interesting to actually look at how f- much freedom you lose when you're not in a committed relationship. Um, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. women going out to the bar and being promiscuous and ending up in danger that's not freedom. Like that's, that's not freedom at all. Um, you know, going out, hooking up with somebody, getting an STD, that's not freedom. Like there's so much freedom in saying that, like, if I got pregnant tomorrow, I'd be thrilled. Like, you know, there's so much freedom Mm -hmm. in saying like, I know that when I go home, I'm safe in my bed. Like that's true freedom. And, and to know, like we're getting married on Saturday and God will look at what we're doing in the bedroom with like positivity. Cause he's like, yes, go forth and multiply. That's your job. Have children. Like, um, and to realize like that because girls, even girls who are like, Oh, you know, sexual freedom, blah, blah, blah. They still feel shame. You know, it's not like when I was oh, running yeah. around yeah. and being promiscuous and I was like, Oh, it's fine. You still, yeah, you hide it because you know, there's shame related to it. I don't feel the need to hide that I'm making out with my fiance. Like I don't mm-hmm. need to hide that because we're going to be married. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's actually, I actually have the freedom to go do those things now. Um, and I've never felt less tied down than I do being totally tied down by a fiance. Um, you feel so much more tied down by your sin and tied down by your shame than you ever will than by being liberated by God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Well, congratulations yes. chance on getting married at the end of this week i'm so excited for yes. you and Thank i am you. so glad that you were so willing to come on and share your story because i know that that it's not easy to look at your past and although if you have made not choices that don't really show who you are now they don't showcase the person that you've become but it's like you have this past but you own it and you've changed, you've overcome so much and you have this amazing testimony of your finding your relationship with God and how this made you so much stronger in your faith. And I think that is amazing. And God only gave you all of these challenges and all of these obstacles in your life because you could handle it. And yes, you have such good spirits. Like as yeah. soon as you picked up and we started talking to you, like you have such like what do you like just such positive energy and you're so it's it's in your character like it's ingrained like you can just see the light in you Mm -hmm. 
and hear it in your voice because those things that you went through are just the pillars that made you who you are today. And the fact that you're Mm -hmm. sharing your story the way that you are shows how far you've come and the strength that you've gained and continue to grow every day and the love that you have in your heart for your fiance and the love that you have in your heart to share your story, to help others is a testimony in itself. So thank you for sharing it with us. And we can't wait to share it with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that. You know, the last thing I guess I really want to say is like to girls that have shame in their past, like, own it because everyone has shame and like owning your shame is so powerful because literally everyone that you walk into on the street has things that they're ashamed of, but they're scared to own them. And that's your power. Mm. Like owning your mistakes is your power because you know, those people that you like, I'm perfect. And you're like, you're not perfect. If you just say like, I'm not perfect. This is what I've been through. And this is where I'm going. People will respect you so much more for that. Like people see right through, I tell my daughter, like, you know, you can lie. She's six. I'm like, you can lie. And sometimes people, they won't say anything to you right away, but they will know that you're lying and they'll make a mental note about your character. And she's always like, okay, I didn't really feed the chickens. I'll be back. (laughs) And so, you know, she comes, goes, comes back in and she's like, I'm sorry. I will never lie about not feeding the chickens again. But it's just like, you can lie and you can tell people you're perfect (laughs) or you can tell the truth and tell them that. You totally messed up. You were totally failing. And this is how you stopped failing. Like, and that's the only yeah. way forward. You know, you just have to be honest with yourself, honest with people and honest with God. And it's really that's hard so at first, true. but yeah. it gets easier the more I you love do that. it. That's a yes. cute story. That is a very cute story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree and own your shame. We all have a past. I've openly like shared my path to God and finding myself on the right side of the aisle, but I went through a whole past of believing something different for a good portion of my life. Mm -hmm. And it's never too late. Like you can, at any point you can change. Yeah. Nothing is holding you to where you are now. And Mm -hmm. you just have to make a choice. You wake up, you make a different choice and it changes your life. Yes. Yep. And all those small choices that you make, I mean, they, they add up. So yeah. yeah. Thank you Bye. so much for coming on. We're so excited to share this with everyone. And yeah. I'm so happy that you got to share this on the week of your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Special. yeah. Well, it was nice to meet you guys. Very Thank special. you for having me on. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I hope everybody hears the good news. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so Thank much. You. And we will catch you on the next one, everybody. See ya. All right. See ya.